Welcome to the One Crossing Podcast. Here you can find past sermons along with other exclusive content. Our prayer is that God will move in your life even when you are on the go. We hope you enjoy this message. To all of you joining from all of our different locations, it is so good to see each and every single one of you, even those of you who are part of our online community. Make sure you say hi to our chat hosts and let them know that you love them. It's just good to be with you. I've been traveling around to some of our different locations and the one word I keep coming away with from every single service is hopeful. I just feel like when I'm with you and we're singing uh, praise to God together, when we're learning from God together, I just leave feeling so hopeful that God's using our services. He's using your participation in these services to calm the waters in our lives. Uh, He uses them to shift our focus from the lower story into the upper story, and he uses it to remind me that I am not alone. It's important for you to know you are not alone. Not only is God with you, but you have an entire church community that's with you all across this region. And I don't know if you've noticed the same thing that I've noticed, that the world could use some hope right now, and they're really not getting it any place else. And so if you're the kind of person that wants to help other people that you care about find the hope that you have, I've got great news for you. Next weekend at all of our locations, we will be celebrating Super Bowl and before the game and all the fun and, you know, all the pictures about, you know, the real goat versus the up and coming goat, which are not valid uh, arguments yet because Mahomes is too early in the league. But before all that happens, we're going to have church at all of our locations, and Super Bowl weekend has historically been uh, a fun uh, weekend at our church. And if you're like me, I like to invite people to church. And when I was growing up in Fort Madison, Iowa, I would try to bring my friends to church, but I was always worried about bringing them to church because I didn't want them to bring them on that Sunday. And it seems like every time I brought them, I brought them to church on that Sunday. And I don't know what that Sunday is for you. We here at The Crossing try to do our best for people who don't know Jesus can enjoy our service every single weekend but there is not a better weekend than Super Bowl weekend. In fact, over the last uh, couple of years, our third highest attended weekend is Super Bowl weekend. I don't know if it's because you invite all of your friends or if people know that they're gonna cuss before halftime and they're just trying to get right with God before they, you know, trying to build up some store credit. I don't know what they're trying to do, but if you're the kind of person that wants to bring a friend to church next weekend, I promise is a perfect weekend to do that. You'll get more details about what that's going to look like at each of our locations, I'm sure, later on this service. But here's what I want you all to do everywhere, wherever you're at, even online. I want you to think of one person that you would love to uh, bring to church with you next week. Once you have that one person in your mind, put your hand right here with one finger up so I know that you're listening. Oh, you guys are good. Okay, you got your one person. Okay, even online, who's that one person you want to bring with you to church next week? Okay, you got your one. Now what we're going to do real quick is we're going to pray for our one. Hold your finger up, keep it there. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for hearing us when we call out to you. Thank you for loving us. And God, right now, we just wanna be honest with you. The person that we're thinking about, we desperately want them to find what we found in you. God, we take incredible comfort in the fact that you want it more. You know them better than we do. You know every hair on their head. And God, I pray that you would uh, give us the courage and the words this week to be able to open up a door for them to come and sit next to us and hear about you and God that possibly they would fall in love with you. In your name I pray, amen. Now, God will always do his part.
but we still have to do our part. So this week, be looking for that opportunity, take that courageous step, pray and believe that God will give you the wisdom on what to say in that moment, and let's see what God does. Now, let's get into the sermon. I don't know about you, but it seems like when I talk to people, <coughs> and I say, how are you doing? I usually get one of two responses. I hear this one a lot, I'm just really tired. And I get this one a lot, I'm really busy. People say, I'm really tired, or people say, I'm really busy. How are you doing? Oh, I'm tired. It's just been so crazy at work. Things have been changed. We've had to navigate all this stuff. I'm just so tired. How are you doing? Oh, I'm just so tired. I mean, with the kids kind of getting back into school and the swing of things, and we're starting to do traveling sports, and they're starting to do their music classes. We're just so tired. We're just so busy. We've been so busy with the grandkids. I mean, we were watching them one night a week, but now we're kind of watching them during the day, and now we're parting to spend some of our time watching them on the weekend. I mean, originally we were hoping that when we retired, we'd kick the kids out of the house, but it seems like we got the kids out, but the grandkids somehow snuck in. And here we are trying to navigate parenting grandkids. And you're going, man, how do I do this? You'll talk to a single mom or a stay-at-home mom. Stay-at-home moms might be the busiest people on planet Earth. I don't know how you do it. They'll be uh, handling, check, making sure they have three meals, changing diapers, they're cleaning one room while another room just gets absolutely decimated. Like you have to pull the carpet out, pull out the trim and repaint it. It's horrible. I, I take my boys to uh, Hy-Vee to get donuts on Saturday mornings. And by the time I get home, I'm like, I don't, I don't wanna be around you anymore, okay? <laughs> It's too cold to play outside, so go find another house. That's what you guys need to do, because I'm, I'm out. You'll see, uh, you'll see those moms. Have you ever seen those moms walking through the store with their kids? How much do you have to hate yourself to take your kids grocery shopping, right? It's, and you'll see them, and they have, they have their AirPods in, the noise-canceling ones, and so they're just walking through the store with, like, Kenny G playing. They're, like, got Yanni going on, and they're just kind of in a trance, and their kids are just screaming all over the place, Mom, 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 which, listen, no judgment here, because you don't get arrested for putting AirPods in, but you might get arrested if you duct-taped your kids' mouth shut when you're pushing them through high V. Like, people would frown on that. But the opposite is, I'll just put these AirPods in. My kids can just scream all they want. I get it. We're just tired. We've been going nonstop. We haven't been getting enough sleep. If you're one of the people who would say one of those two phrases I could identify with today, this sermon, this sermon has something in it for you. <coughs> and if you're the kind of person who could use both of those phrases, I'm so busy and I'm so tired, you might wanna take notes because our busyness and our fatigue and our schedules are sucking the life out of our souls. They're robbing us from the life that God intended for you and for me to live. Today, I wanna to talk to you about rest. I'm not talking about a nap. I'm not talking about sleeping in. I'm talking about rest, physical, mental, spiritual, biblical rest. In the Old and New Testament, this word keeps appearing. The word is Sabbath. It's a fancy word for, for Saturday. But it was built into the rhythm of our life as Christians that we should take time to rest. Now, why would we need to rest? 
Well, because inside of us, there is this desire to work, to push, to achieve, to accomplish, to succeed, and it's in all of us. Have you ever wondered why we work so hard, why we push ourselves, why we have a hard time being satisfied with the way that things are, that we wanna wake up early and stay up late in order to make life better? Do you know where that comes from? It comes from God. It was God who put inside of me and inside of you the desire to work and to accomplish. From the very beginning, God said to mankind, fill the earth and subdue it. The reason we get up early and stay up late and push so hard to make life better and life better for those around us, it all stems from God. It's rooted in your identity. And your identity is, comes from your creator. We were made in the image of God. And when we work, when even when we work hard, we do so because we are like God. But when we choose not to rest, it's because we're trying to be a God. And there's a big difference. What ends up happening is we push ourselves in so many different areas that we end up shrinking the margins in our life. We think that by reducing the margins even further, we can go faster and we can go further. But what really happens when you and I run out of margin? There's no room for mistakes. There's no wiggle room for error. What roads can you drive the fastest on? It's the roads that have the widest margin. What are the roads where you think you're going really fast, but you're not? Those are the, like those two lane Missouri roads where you can't see over the hill and around the corner. When I uh, was in high school, I had a Ford Ranger and I, you know, not that that's cool, but I had one and I would drive down to Joplin, Missouri. And if you are, you know, on your way down towards the Lake of the Ozarks, for those of you Missouri people, this is just a special blessing for you. If I ever own a Corvette, the road I'm taking is that Highway 5 from Rennes-Salir that takes you all the way down to center. That road, I got a lot of air off that uh, railroad stop in a Ford Ranger, so I was cool. And you think you're going unbelievably fast and you look down and you're going 35. And that's what happens when you shrink the margin. You think you're going far and you think you're going fast, but you're not. Go to a Formula One racetrack and the faster the speed and the sharper the corner, the wider the margin is on the other side. And have we decreased our margin so much that when you suddenly have to make an adjustment, what could have just been a bump in the road ends up with you upside down in a ditch. Maybe it hasn't happened to you, but I'm willing to wager you've seen it happen to somebody else. There was just no wiggle room. What's even crazier is you and I, we admire people who live in the fast lane, don't we? We instinctively respect them. You meet that person who works 70 or 80 hours a week and we're like, oh, that guy is important. Look at how busy he is. Because nobody does, nobody roots for the other guy, right? Oh, that guy, he takes a lot of naps. I really respect him. I love how he does so little. 
I wish I could be more like him. You may wanna be like him, but you don't respect that guy. We, we have a great deal of respect for the woman who juggles it all. She sits on multiple not-for-profits. She's on a couple of boards. She serves at a not-for-profit. She writes a blog and she decorates her house for every single holiday. Oh, can you know one of those people? Look at our Christmas tree. Look at our pumpkins. Ugh, okay. My house has two pumpkins that we decorated for Halloween. That's how we get down. And they're still there oozing off the front porch. They'll be there next year and we'll just put a candle in them and we'll say, that's melting Jesus pumpkins. That's what that'll be. Because that's just not, that's just not how we're hardwired. But we will look at those people and we'll admire them and go, oh, if only I could be more like those people. But we're only looking at them one dimensionally. We're not taking a look at what their finances are like, what their marriage is like, what their relationship with their kids is like what their friendships look like. Genesis chapter two, we find these words. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all of his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating he had done. Question. When you're reading your Bible, you should always have a question. Here's one for this verse. Why did God rest? Was it because he was tired? Was God tuckered out? No! He has unlimited cosmic power. He doesn't need a nap. He's not tuckered out. He's not stressed out, maxed out, overwhelmed. So why did God rest? He rested to celebrate and enjoy what had been created. He rested in order to take it in and celebrate it for what it provided. There's this interesting thing that happens in the creation account for those of you who've read the first couple of chapters in the book of Genesis, this may have happened to you too, you'll notice it. <coughs> Each day ends with this phrase. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. There was evening and there was morning the second day. There was evening and there was morning the third day. There was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And you and I might be going, why does it keep saying there was evening and there was morning? Because we look at days from sunrise to sunrise. If I were to ask you, what did you do last night? You count it all the way until you woke up this morning. That's just how we think. But in Jewish culture, the people of God, they counted from sundown to sundown, not sunrise to sunrise. What that means is, you and I start our day by leaving our family and going to work. But the Jews, their day started when they left work behind and came home to their family. Where does your day actually start? Is it when you leave the people you love or is it when you come home to the people you love? Does it start when you go off to work or when you come home to the people you work for? 
This was so important to God, this idea of rest, that it makes the 10 commandments. Like God's big 10 ideas for how he wants his people to operate. Number four is Sabbath, is rest. Exodus chapter 20 says this, remember the Sabbath day, that's the seventh day, that's Saturday, by keeping it holy, separate, set apart. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do, you shall not do any, everybody say this word, work. Neither you nor your son or your daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, even the animals got to rest, nor uh, any foreigner residing in your towns. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. He is capturing in the Ten Commandments what he prescribed in Eden in, when the world was perfect. Sabbath was good in perfection. And Sabbath is one of the remaining pieces we have of Eden. When we rest, we get to touch what originally was, but we also get to touch what will one day be, the Sabbath rest. Now there might be some of you, probably not a bunch of you, but there's some of you, you're biblical scholars and you're going, but Clayton, this is the Old Testament, not the New Testament. We're no longer under the law, we're under grace. And I want you to hear me, I completely agree. In fact, I'm even gonna go further with you. Paul, when he is writing in Romans, mentions this exact issue in passing. There's a group of people who are tre treating one day as a special day, the Sabbath, and there's other people who are going, every day is special, so just do whatever you want. There's people who are going, hey, you should eat meat, and the other people are going, nah, nah, you probably shouldn't. I'm gonna do something I don't think I've ever done before. I'm gonna give you the verse to give you the opportunity to not listen to the rest of my sermon. Yeah, how sweet am I? Like this is the I don't have to listen to you anymore verse. Here it is, Romans chapter 14. One person considers one more day sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord for they give thanks to God and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. In other words, you can claim this verse and you can walk out of this message, you can tune me out and you can live your life in freedom without regard to the Sabbath. You have the freedom in Christ to do so. I am not coming to you today with a biblical command. I'm inviting you into a biblical principle, a spiritual principle, the principle of rest. <coughs> the Jewish people took this command to not work on the Sabbath to the extreme. Here was God's law, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. And then what the Jews did is they piled on all kinds of other laws. So that way you couldn't even get to the original law because they didn't wanna violate it. So they just put up all of these other laws. In fact, they put up so many laws that that was one of their biggest beefs with Jesus is they would say, hey, you're breaking the Sabbath. Just so you know, Jesus never once violated God's plan for the Sabbath. What he violated were all of the man-made rules that they had put up regarding the Sabbath. To give you an idea, of how serious a Jews take this. To this day, practicing Jews have all kinds of regulations to keep them from working. If you go to a, uh, a Jewish 
high-rise uh, apartment building in a major city, there is a Sabbath setting on the elevator. And on the Sabbath, from 6 p.m. on Friday to 6 p.m. on Saturday, none of the buttons work. The doors just open and close and they stop on every floor because touching the button would be, say it with me, work. Person like me would hate that. My wife would want the 35th floor with the view for a house. She'd ask me to go out and get something and you'd get in the elevator 35 times. And I'd get there and she'd be like, that's the wrong yogurt. Back down 35 times. You're right, can you imagine? They go even further. They take their light switches and they tape the bathroom light on on Friday night before the Sabbath starts. Because if you flip a switch, that is considered work. And in the middle of the night, you get up to go to the bathroom and you were to flip on the light in your stupor, you just violated the Sabbath. Or on your way out, you turned off the light so they'll tape it. They go even a step further. On Friday, before the Sabbath starts, they will take toilet paper and they will wrap it up or fold it, depending on whether you're a wrapper or a folder, their toilet paper in advance because tearing the paper would be work. Which is why Jewish people don't eat Mexicans on Friday because you don't know how much toilet paper to store up. You're sitting there and going, hey, I can't tell, what am I doing? Right? I don't, I'm, check, I'm gonna go step further. If you go to Lower Manhattan right now, well, yeah, right now, there is a wire 20 feet up on the utility poles in an 18 mile enclosure. It costs Jewish people $100,000 a year. They raise it through their synagogues and they classify that as their home territory so they can move about on the Sabbath inside of this 18 mile radius in lower Manhattan. One time the wire broke and it was coming up to the Sabbath and they're trying to send repair crews, but it goes next to the UN building. And they were trying to figure out how do they put the enclosure up while UN was in session. This is happening today. People are taking this principle unbelievably serious. And you might be going, but Clayton, that's crazy. I will admit that's crazy, but can we at least can we at least acknowledge that they're practicing, trying hard to practice rest? You might be going, but Clayton, again, we're not under the law. But we have to at least admit that the law was good because God made the law. God makes good things. So I wanna walk you through the 10 commandments real quick. And you tell me if there's any of the 10 commandments that you think shouldn't apply to you and me today. Here's the first one. You shall have no other gods before God. Think that that one still applies? At all of our locations, nod your head. Think that we should, okay. You shouldn't make for yourself an idol and worship something other than God. Does that one still apply? Yeah, okay. Third, you shouldn't misuse the name of God. Any of you guys think we should just go around saying, well, I'm not gonna say it because then I'd be misusing it, right? Number five, honor your father and mother. Any of you guys think we should throw that one away? Some of you old people are like, oh, we did a long time ago. We haven't honored our father. Okay, yeah, okay, cool. But I'm just saying, should we? How about this one? You shall not commit a murder. Do we wanna throw that one away? You know what this world could use? More murders, right? <laughs> That'll be the clip that Facebook uses to take away our account, okay? Uh, how, about, how about this one? You shall not commit adultery. Anybody going, hey, sleep around, honey. Right, no, we think that that one still applies. Okay, you shouldn't lie. Shouldn't steal, shouldn't covet your neighbor's stuff. Do any of those, do you think that any of those we should throw away? So why would we treat the fourth commandment different than the other nine? 
If the other nine have value, don't you think the fourth one, honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy, do you think it has value? I'll go a step further. If you were to read the uh, 10 commandments, there are 286 words for those of you who like to nerd out. The fourth commandment has 98 words or one third of the entire content of the 10 commandments is about you and me resting. The second commandment, which is don't make for yourself an idol, has 82 words, just shy of 30%. In other words, almost two thirds of the entire 10 commandments are wrapped up in these two commands. Don't make yourself for an idol, or don't make for yourself an idol, and honor the Sabbath. And isn't it interesting that oftentimes the reason we have such a hard time resting is because we're serving the idols we've made. We worship at the idol of success, achievement, and status. Uh, we worship at the idol of the houses we buy, the cars we drive, and the clothes we wear. And so we have to push ourselves to the margins to keep paying the penance for the things. And while, while we're doing it, our margins shrink and our ability to rest diminishes. Some of you may have heard it said, but Adrian Rogers once made this famous line, if Satan can't make you bad, he'll at least make you busy. How many of us have lost the ability to rest? But you might be saying, but I have so much to get done. I, I'm, I'm just so important and so many people rely on me. What if I told you you could get more done by resting more? Well, Clayton, that doesn't make sense. Come here. Ronald Reagan is classified as one of the laziest presidents ever. He took lots of naps and he tried to shut down the day by five or six. If the President of the United States can find time to rest, I don't care how important you are, I bet you can find some time to rest. Uh, I've heard farmers say that no matter how good the crops are or how bad the crops are, on Sundays, we're shutting it down. We're gonna rest. I had one farmer tell me he believes that his equipment breaks down less when it's given a day to rest. Henry Ford, when he was surveying the productivity that was happening at his factories, and this was during the period of time when we were shifting to an eight-hour work, work day, five days a week with a weekend, one of the reasons he became an early adopter and proponent of this is he noticed that when he reduced their work week to eight hours a day, five days a week, check out what happened, less injuries, less sick days, less errors, and more productivity. They got more done working less hours. Let me take you to another place, my area of expertise, McDonald's. <laughs> On Thursday before I preached, someone actually gave me a $50 gift certificate to McDonald's and I've gone like two weeks not eating McDonald's, but now I feel like I have to really thank him for the gift. So I'll be, you'll see me there this week. McDonald's is open seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Chick-fil-A is not open on Sundays and it only has partial hours. And store over store, Chick-fil-A has double the revenue of a McDonald's. They're getting more done with rest. They say they're able to attract different kinds of people because they're guaranteed a day off every week and that's attractive to people knowing that they get to rest. In the Jewish culture, they were to work six days a week, 
and they were to rest for one day. In our culture, it is built in that we work for the most part five days a week and we get two days off. Isn't it interesting? We get double the time off, but we rest less. What's happened to us? <clears throat> I, know this, I know this is hard for some of you because some of you are like me. You love what you do. What's gonna happen to me today at about four o'clock is I'm gonna start itching to get into the office. I'm gonna wanna start calling people on staff and like, let's start working on the project. I have never woke up and been like, man, I have to go to work today. Uh, my problem's not going to work. My problem is I never come home from work. I was working on this sermon on what was supposed to be my day off. And I went, I think I have to stop because this is getting weird. I don't rest well. In fact, I send most of my sermons out at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. This week I had to include an apology to the staff because I am not the kind of boss that encourages rest. Because late at night after I put the kids in bed, I'm like, let's figure something out. Let's solve a problem. I am the person who calls people and I start off my phone call with, I know it's your day off, but I don't shut it off. You know how bad I am? My work office and my home office are identical. I have the same pen cup in both places. I have the same keyboard, same uh, mouse, same external hard drive, same external monitor. I even have the same little computer mat with the same mouse pad in both places. So that way, no matter where I am, I can be in my happy space. And so you know what I do late at night and you know what I do over the weekend? I just work. And part of that's pride because I wanna be the guy who works hard. And I've got an excuse, I'm working for Jesus. So can I tell you, I suck at Sabbath. I'm not coming to you today as like, hey guys, <laughs> follow my example as I follow Christ. I'm saying, I'm convicted by what I found in scripture. I suck at this and I wanna change it. I wanna make a serious change. Here are three tools that I'm putting in my tool belt that maybe you could put in your tool belt too so we can start resting. First one is the law of the bigger yes. The law of the bigger yes. You can change your schedule all you want, but until you change your master, you will never rest. You might be going, well, what is my bigger yes? What is something that future you will thank you for? Make a decision today that future you will thank you for. Instead of saying no to things, say yes to bigger things. Today, you might go home, and this is what Jennifer and I are gonna do. We're gonna make vacation plans. I was talking to a sociologist, and he said, you start reaping the benefits of your vacation the moment you book it. Because the anticipation starts taking over your mind. Go home and book a vacation with your spouse. Book a vacation with your friends. Book a vacation with your kids. Start planning it. Say yes today to something that future you will thank you for. Second one, power down, disconnect. Maybe it's a couple hours a night, maybe it's 12 hours over the weekend, but unplug. Stop getting mad at your kids for always being on their devices. When you are always on your device, this is what parents are doing today. 
Hey, kids, get off your iPads. All you do is play on your iPads. You know why they stay on their iPads? It's because you won't play with them. Give them something better to do. Your kid will choose hanging out with you, doing something with you over a game. I promise. Come up with something fun to do and do it with them. Why would you? Dads, your kids would rather have a smaller house with you in it than a bigger house with you always gone. Your kid would rather play catch with you than you pay for their college. There is no substitute for a dad. There's no substitute for a present mom. And we're so busy, we're so tired, that the few precious hours we have with our family were zoned out. That's not the life you wanted. That was never God's design. Third thing, the first one's law of the bigger yes. What's something that future you will thank you for? Number two is power down. Number three is fill up and celebrate. Sabbath is primarily spiritual. What that means is, is one day a week you should make time for the body of Christ to be together with them, to be filled up by the word of God and by praising God, find time to celebrate with other believers. That's why I was saying I'm so hopeful when I'm gathered with you, is God gives you rest in these moments. It also means that you find time to fill up by spending time with your friends and your family, inviting them over for a meal and uh, buying nice something, something nice to drink and something nice to eat and belly laughing with them and celebrating the fact that you have been redeemed and restored by a God who has never once abandoned you, that we celebrate the fact that his finished work on the cross gives you and I access to heaven. We sit back and we fill up with all of the goodness of God. It means that when you're with your family, you are enjoying those moments. Uh, real quick, picture where you work. If you have a cubicle, look at the pictures at where you work. I'm guessing all those pictures where you work are pictures of your kids and your family. Now go to your house. Think of all the pictures that you've taken and you've gone through the effort to find a frame. Oh dear God, that'll get you frustrated. You find the frame, you hang it. What are the pictures you hang in your house? I'm guessing they're pictures of you and your family having fun, resting, being on vacation. I'm guessing most of you don't have pictures of you at work framed in your house, like right above the fireplace. Yeah, it's an oil painting of me and the boss. Yeah, we just got new staplers and we, they can do seven layers deep, cardstock, it's good stuff. You don't have, no. So here's the deal, we take pictures of the things that we're most important of, or that are the most important to us, but then you know what we don't do? We don't deliberately carve out time to spend with them. A picture is no substitute for your presence. Start resting in God. Hebrews chapter four says this, for Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, for anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works. 
just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest. There are two ways to interpret this. Number one, that this Sabbath rest is a place that one day you and I will enter into the Sabbath rest of heaven where there'll be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more hardship. We will enter into a place of eternal rest where we will fill ourselves up with the presence of God. We will Sabbath with him and we will celebrate all that he has done and we will celebrate it with the people that we love the most. The first way you can interpret that is that it is a place now, the second way you can interpret it is that it's a person. That when you come into an intimate personal relationship with Jesus Christ, you enter into a spiritual rest. But if you and I don't learn how to connect with him and Sabbath with him now, we may never enter that Sabbath rest later. If you don't get an intimate personal relationship with Jesus now, you may not have his rest with him later. So if I could wish anything for all of you, if you're tired, if you're busy, if you haven't rested, would you strongly consider starting to rest in him now? We're moving to a time of decision. Thank you for joining us. A special thank you to those of you that choose to give to this ministry. It's because of your generosity that this ministry is possible. You can click the link in the description to give now or visit thecrossing.net forward slash podcast for more information. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to subscribe and share with your friends, tagging One Crossing on social media. Thank you so much for listening.